0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. I got to say happy birthday to my buddy, Braden, uh, who's been helping me behind the scenes a lot growing this show. Um, I'm... Happy, happy! He hits thirty years old. He makes me feel old. I'm seventeen years older than him. My gosh! Okay, I, I want to talk about something non-political. But before I do that, uh, and I guess it actually is political, but before I do that, I gotta just say, um, so you know, my my flagship station is Atlanta. It's the airport I go through. I I long one day for a good enough radio contract that I can use Priority Jet, the the private jet carrier. I I was able to to take a flight of theirs to Las Vegas, and it's just. Once you've done private jets, you just do But my gosh, there's the story about the wait lines at Hartsfield-Jackson-2-Dead-Mares International Airport in Atlanta. And the airport is one of the busiest in the world. And at this point, if you pay for clear... So for those of you who don't travel regularly, there's something you can get called TSA PreCheck. And TSA PreCheck is like old school, pre-9-11... Uh, checking your way through the airport. You don't have to take anything out of your bag. You don't have to take off your shoes and your belt. You don't have to get a prostate exam. You don't have to do any of that. You just put your bag on the belt. It goes through the machine. You walk through the standard X-ray machine, unless it beeps, then you got to go through the full body scanner one. Uh, But then you just go on about your business. (sighs) Well, people pay now to have TSA pre-check. And then there's clear and clear scans your eyes to verify you are you. And so you don't have to even pull out your ID. You just look at a scanner, it scans your eyes or use your thumbprint and away you go. And the problem here is that now in Atlanta, uh, and this is also happening at LaGuardia in New York and it's happening at uh, LAX, uh, the people who spend the money to go the fastest through the security line are actually taking the longest time to go through the security line. And in some cases, it can be a two-hour wait in the security line at Two Dead Mayors International Airport in Atlanta because they're putting in new equipment. But what's so crazy about it is that the people who have paid nothing to expedite their process are half the time now going through quicker than the people who paid to expedite their process. The whole thing is madness and suggests maybe it's time to rethink airport security altogether. It's just absurd. I don't see why anyone needs to take off their shoes anymore or anything like that. It's just absurd. But nonetheless, I digress. It's it's my digression to avoid talking about the topic I intend to talk about. Your phone calls are welcome, 877-973-7425. Can we talk about Kanye West? <laughs> um, There's a larger story here. And let me talk about the larger story here first. Conservatives used to have the winning ideas. And that was all they needed. Now, there are some conservatives who don't want to be called conservative. It's the same phenomenon of progressives who wanted to be called liberals until people didn't like liberals, and they went back to talking about progressives. And now they want to be called liberals again because nobody likes progressives. I'm not changing calling myself a conservative. There's nothing to be ashamed about. What has conservatism conserved this country? The right to keep and bear arms. It advanced the cause of life. All these young people who want a, a, my gosh, I'm really going there. The get off my lawn moment of the day here. But all these guys who want to insert themselves into the conservative movement—the think tanks are full. We don't. We we need to start our own thing. Hey, let's rebrand and not call ourselves conservatives. After all, what has conservatism conserved? Well, the First Amendment for one thing, the right to keep and bear arms for something else, the right to life for something else. Those are some bitty, pretty big things that conservatism has conserved. And by the way, conservatism does not mean dig in your heels and never move forward. It means to do so gradually and with deliberate purpose. But they don't really care because they don't really want to understand it what they want is to find their place in a movement they've considered full so they want to start something else and along the way one of the things a lot of these people want to do is to embrace celebrity culture it's not enough to have winning ideas or to have the majority of americans identify with your cause you got to have celebrities after all the left has hollywood so hey Let's get some celebrities on our side. And Lord Almighty, I have met some of them. Why we continue to embrace crank celebrities on the right. Now, the truth is there are more conservatives in Hollywood than you might imagine. And I know some of them. And they are not open about their conservatism because they'll get canceled. You know, there's this Chris Pratt phenomenon in Hollywood. He's pretty openly uh, an evangelical Christian, and so everyone suspects, oh, he must be a conservative. We should try to cancel him. And so the left hates Chris Pratt, who continues to churn out major box office hits and is never political in public. And that is the suspicion on the left, is that unless you are political, you must be conservative. Conservatives have kind of embraced Chris Pratt, understandably so but Chris Pratt is not one of us because he doesn't come to our events. He doesn't do interviews with Candace Owens, but Kanye West does. And because Kanye West does, everyone feels compelled to defend him. The problem here is that we are at a moment where ideologically people on the right define themselves as whatever the left is against, we're for. And people on the left define themselves as whatever the right is against, we're for. So instead of it being liberals take the position of X and conservatives take the position of Y, instead it is the left takes X and the right takes negative X. The right takes X. The left takes negative X. Exactly the opposite. There's no room for nuance because what one side has is a positive. The other side has is a negative. There's no in between. There's not even an alternative. It's just whatever they're for, we're against. And the left has turned on Kanye West. So the right has embraced him. Now, keep in mind during the Bush administration, Kanye West was all George Bush hates black people, and all the people on the right embracing him right now were like, uh, Kanye West, shut up. And people on the left were like, no, 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 he's an artist. He can say these things. And now he's like, I like Donald Trump. And the left's like, yeah, he should have shut up. Here's a problem. Kanye West is a man who is not well. For all of the people out there upset that John Fetterman's family has dragged him through a process when he actually needs to sit it out and get some help. They are perfectly fine, many of them, seeing a man in complete mental health breakdown with Kanye West and embracing him. Moreover, some of them have allowed out their inner Jew hater. That's what I'm particularly troubled about. Now, I look at these things biblically, but you can look at it historically. You don't have to look at it biblically. I forget who the philosopher was who pointed it out, but it's deadly accurate, even if you don't like it. When the Germanic tribes were still Neanderthals in the caves, the Jewish people were developing a system of written laws and religious instruction in Israel. The Jewish civilization far more advanced and avoided the historic collapse of many civilizations thousands of years ago uh, because, of course, they were God's chosen people. Now, you can say they weren't. God's a myth. But there is something extraordinary about the Jewish people. And for years and years, uh, secular archaeologists have spent a lot of time trying to debunk all the stuff in the Bible. And they keep finding the stuff in the Bible was true. They keep saying, oh, well, you know, this this whole Old Testament thing, it was written during the period of the Jewish exile, and it's not really real. It was them putting their mythology in writing, except there are odd little details that just keep coming up. as true. Like, for example, the area of uh, the, the Middle East that was long considered to be most likely the location of Sodom and Gomorrah. Scientists in the last year have now said this area was hit by a meteor, a sonic air blast of extreme heat wiped it out. Corresponds exactly to what the Bible described. Or my favorite one is there's a Jewish king, Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, and I I, I forget exactly where it was, but uh, these um, the monument was erected to Baal and the pagan gods. And Hezekiah turned it, turned this altar area into a toilet, like a public urinal. That's a weird little detail of the Bible. And in the last five years, archaeologists found the monument described in the Bible. And sure enough, it had been turned into a public uh, toilet and the seal of Hezekiah was there. This throwaway little line of the Bible and there it was. The archaeologists found it. But along with the development of the Jewish people for thousands of years came unbridled hostility to the Jewish people. The Romans despised the Jews. They accommodated their monotheism, but they didn't like them. And when they could, they purged them from Israel. You know where the word Palestine comes from? The Roman Emperor Hadrian, this is not 70 AD when the Romans invaded and tore everything up. No, this is later. The Jews stayed in the area after that. But the Emperor Hadrian drove them out of Judea and renamed the area Palestine. Prohibited the Jews from their own homeland and renamed it Palestine. The Jews were there and had been there and had documented their history all the way back to the Canaan times. And yet the Palestinians today claim the Jews took over their land. Actually, what happened is the Roman emperor drove the Jews out of their homeland, dispersed them around the world, and called it Palestine. And people embraced the name Palestinian, which was a bastardization of the word uh, Philistine. The hatred of the Jews advanced forward into modern times with Hitler and the like, the Holocaust. And so I'm real, I'm sorry this upsets some people, but really I'm not apologizing. I just want you to know that when someone with the prominence of Kanye West begins to peddle anti-Semitism, I think you have an obligation to say this is bad. This is the most persecuted group of people on planet Earth going back to before Roman times. And if we won't speak up for them when someone of his stature slanders them, how can we not expect bad things to happen again? In the history of the peoples of this planet, the Jewish people have been persecuted by the Babylonians and Assyrians, by the Persians, by the Muslims, by the Romans, by the Nazis, by, the, by so many and it has become comfortable in certain circles, particularly among black celebrities these days, who have worshipped at the altar of Louis Farrakhan to peddle the anti-Semitism of Louis Farrakhan. A deeper, darker strain of anti-Semitism than what is often offered up by the the white neo-Nazis. It's absurd that this galvanizes communities of people, and it is absurd and offensive that people on the right will embrace people who peddle these views, because when you embrace people who peddle the views and allow them in they begin to fester as a cancer and on top of that you add in this man is having a public mental health meltdown I do not understand why Candace Owens and people like that will platform Kanye West and transactionally use him to build their brand when what they really need to do if they're really supposedly the Christians they claim to be is work with this man they consider a friend to get him help The transactionalism of American celebrity culture is not something any of us should embrace. And yet it's happening more and more on the right. And when it happens with people like Kanye West, who are clearly going through a mental health struggle, and in that mental health struggle, using it to see the most absurd anti-Semitic things, yeah, I'm sorry, I see people online saying, oh, I have no reason to condemn Kanye West. He didn't do anything wrong to me. Love your neighbor. That means loving Kanye West and knowing the man needs help. But it also means loving your Jewish neighbors who have been slandered throughout history. And here's a prominent celebrity who inspired an anti-Semitic protest in Los Angeles over the weekend of people who say they have Kanye West back against the Jews. There's something not right in our society and we should not be feeding what festers. We should be trying to take the oxygen out of it. And we can't do that by ignoring it. We do that by all of us saying this is wrong. Let's pause and just talk about what's going on in the country for a moment. We got sky-high inflation. We got runaway government spending. Trust in Washington is completely eroded. When government is this dysfunctional, you got to change the course in the country. You know you have to. That's why I'm excited about the work Americans for Prosperity is doing. They're focused on policy solutions that actually improve people's lives, unlike so many in D.C. who just want to play political football and have power. Americans for Prosperity doesn't just come up with solutions. They act on those solutions. They have the largest network of community activists in the country. They are out there every day talking to millions of their fellow Americans. If you're interested in seeing how you can get started with Americans for Prosperity in your community, visit americansforprosperity.org slash eric today. That's americansforprosperity.org slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson show. Uh, there are only 26 tickets left, VIP tickets left to tomorrow night's exclusive briefing on the midterms. If you want to come sample some bourbon, shoot some guns, get an exclusive midterm briefing from me and some friends of mine, you are More than welcome to do it, but you better get a ticket today. They're going fast. What you got to do is text the word bourbon, B-O-U-R-B-O-N, to 33777. You need to get a ticket. You can't just show up uninvited. You have to have a ticket. This will be the Governor's Gun Club in Kennesaw, Georgia, tomorrow night at 5 p.m. VIPs show up at 5 to sample the range and the bourbons. Uh, General admission at 7 p.m. There may be some general admission tickets left, but I know the VIP tickets. We got 26 left. You can get them. Text the word bourbon to 33777 to show up. Uh, You will get to see the gun range. You will get some exclusive time with me before the event if you're a VIP. Uh, And then at 7 o'clock, we begin the general conversation uh, of the midterms, the briefings. By tomorrow evening, we will have enough information from the early voting to assess the state of the Senate race. And I will have that information for you. I am spending my time watching it. And I intend to um, make a judgment call on whether or not I think a runoff is likely or not in Georgia. I can tell you this that the, uh, the 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 turnout momentum for the GOP in Georgia right now is going very, very well. Uh, I want to go to the phones here. Zach has been out knocking on doors. Zach, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Eric, thanks for taking my call. And sure. thanks for what you just said about uh, the whole Kanye West thing and the anti-Semitism. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I have been out knocking on doors. I'm in a uh, Leans Blue district in Gwinnett County, Georgia. And when I'm knocking on doors and I introduce myself as a Republican candidate, I've been getting really good reception. But the best reception I've been getting has been from Hispanic voters. They are very excited to let me know that they're going to be supporting Republicans and they want to help get the word out. I'm curious what you're seeing about their turnout in early voting. And also wanted to comment on just how ridiculous it is that Raphael Warnock has got Latinx Warnock signs out there. They uh, yeah. have not gotten the memo
0: <laughs> on that. No, they still have not. Yeah, for those of you who, who are, are out of Georgia, uh, the Warnock uh, signs for Latino voters say Latinx, not Latino. Uh, they're all over. Uh, they're ba- they're mostly, by the way, in white neighborhoods. I've noticed too. We've got the, this Ansley Park neighborhood by my office. Only only restaurant I've ever been in where I was asked to leave because of who I am was a Starbucks uh, in Ansley Park. It's super liberal, very far to the left. Uh, borders the the gay neighborhoods of Atlanta. I went in one time. I was the only like like straight male in the place and. Like the place fell silent when I walked in and they asked me to wait outside for my coffee. I was making people uncomfortable by being there. Uh, It's that neighborhood. And and there are Latinx for for Warnock signs in the yards. It's also one of the few neighborhoods where Warnock and Abrams signs coexist together in yards. But now let me tell you this, Zach. uh, The data shows that Latino voters, Hispanic voters in Georgia are underperforming early voting. They tend to show up on Election Day, though, so people aren't that worried about it. Uh, I will tell you that there's new polling out of Nevada that Latino voters are breaking 56% for Adam Laxalt out there, which is giving the Democrats all sorts of heartburns. Uh, heartburn. I want to actually spend a little more time on the Hispanic voter phenomenon when we come back. When you're ready to hop into a soft, cozy bed, your sheets make a big difference. Bolden brand Sheets use only the best 100% organic cotton threads on Earth for superior softness that only gets more luxurious with every wash I know because I sleep in Bowling brand sheets. And let me tell you, you know, they start off like your standard bed sheet and you're thinking, what's the big deal? Well, wash them. You see the difference. Wash them again. You feel the difference more and more. They get softer over time and they've got the perfect weight. They've got that weight in the summertime where you feel like substantively there's something on you, but yet you're not sweating to death. And in the wintertime, it's just the perfect snug fit for the Bowling brand sheets. They focus on thread quality, not quantity, although the quality and the quantity both are fantastic. Now they got over 25,000 rave customer reviews made from the highest quality threads. You can get Bolin Branch signature sheets come in nine colors. They fit all mattress sizes. You will feel the difference. And again, you got a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. What do you have to lose? Try them. Keep washing them. They get softer and softer. Go to Branch B-O-L-L-A-N-D-Branch.com. Use promo code ERIC. You'll get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping with the promo code ERIC, my name, at BowlingBranch.com. Again, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com, the promo code Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Just real quick, time is running out. If you want to come hang out with me tomorrow night uh, and get some detailed scoops on the midterm elections and what the early voting trends are and the like, Uh, please text the word bourbon, B-O-U-R-B-O-N, to 33777. I will be at the Governor's Gun Club in Kennesaw, Georgia. Wherever you're listening to me right now, you're welcome to come. Hang out. Uh, The VIP tickets, there are only about 26 of them left, and I would love to sell out the VIP tickets. I really would. Come early, hang out with me. Uh, Check out the gun range, the restaurant, the bourbons. Uh, There are some general admission tickets, I think, are left. Uh, If you just want to come for the talk, you're not into guns, you're not into bourbon, you want to come hear the briefing, uh, you can do that. I'm going to have Rich McCormick there who's going to Congress. Cody Hall from Governor Kent's campaign. I will be on the phone with pollsters talking um, beforehand, trying to make sure you have the most up-to-date knowledge, uh, and I will be assessing the early voting turnout you can come text bourbon to 33777 get one of those tickets vips come early um the at five o'clock everybody else at seven o'clock now i gotta move on i got stuff i gotta talk about um i do want you to know rasmussen reports has a new poll out that has herschel walker in georgia up five i am always skeptical of rasmussen i i really actually am skeptical of rasmussen um I take the polling average, not individual pollsters, though, and they're included in it, and that balances out and puts Herschel Walker in the lead by half a point of the polling average for the first time in a while. I also want to say this. I am hearing from more and more people who are conducting their own surveys who find independent voters who are still making up their mind are breaking pretty decisively towards the GOP in Georgia and elsewhere, including for Herschel Walker. It's one reason the Arizona race is now a toss up for the first time ever. Uh, Blake Masters is surging into a tied race with Mark Kelly. Adam Laxalt is seeing Hispanic voters breaking his way. And I want to spend a moment on Hispanic voters. The most socially conservative group of people in the United States of America are Hispanic voters. They tend to be religious, and they tend to be socially conservative. They're not down with transgenderism. They're not down with really even gay marriage. Now, the media highlights liberal Hispanic voters, and it is worth noting, as Marco Rubio has pointed out to me on this program even yesterday, that a Hispanic voter in New York City, in Brooklyn, is different from a Hispanic voter in South Florida. There is more data that shows that Hispanic voters who consume English language news tend to be more conservative than Hispanic voters who consider who only look at Spanish language news. In fact, Spanish language news stations in this country, whether Telemundo or Univision, tend to be run by Democrats and progressives. If you want real indoctrination there, uh, it's those Spanish language news networks that are indoctrinating uh, Hispanic voters. But around the country more and more increasingly, we're finding Hispanic voters are trending right. And you need to understand this phenomenon because it really isn't as so many of us on the right would like to believe, though they are culturally conservative, it's not those cultural conservative issues that are pushing them to the right. It is basic economic issues. It is a disdain for socialism. If you remember in 2020, what was the postmortem on the 2020 election among Hispanic voters? Why did they shift to the right? Because of fears of socialism. Because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad were openly talking about moving this country towards socialism if Joe Biden won big and Hispanic voters swung to the right pretty hard. Why? Why? because they all immigrated from third-world hellholes that had embraced socialism. The socialist governments of Central and South America, the social left, have wrecked the economies of those countries and necessitated immigrants moving to this country. I want you to know... I am opposed to illegal immigration, and I would love a very high wall and a moat at our southern border, beyond the Rio Grande. It's clearly not serving its purpose as a moat. We should deepen it. I just, I I, I want you to understand, however, that Hispanic voters including those who came here illegally. They had a hike. If they walked up through Central America, they came through mountains and jungle and desert and dodged the cartels. If they flew, they flew into somewhere in Mexico and they had to hire ruthless thugs and gangs to get them across the border. We should want people to obey our laws when they come here. And in fact, Hispanic voters who are illegal Hispanic voters in this country are some of the ones most opposed to illegal immigration. This is that weird, odd thing that people tend to forget. Democrats in particular, Hispanic voters in this country who are illegal Hispanic voters, genuinely, truly not like illegal immigration. They do not like the border crisis because they took the time to come here legally. But they're also sympathetic to the people who on foot spent months walking through the jungles and the mountains and the deserts of Central America, dodging bad guys to cross into a desert to come across an American border. And I think while we can say, we don't want you to come, we can be sympathetic to their plight. The problem here, for Hispanic voters in this country is that the Democrats have been more than sympathetic to the plight. The Democrats have exacerbated the problem. And when you poll Hispanic voters, they're kind of furious with the Democrats for essentially telling all these people to come. I mean, these people generally do believe that Joe Biden told them, come on and come. Donald Trump's not here anymore. It's safe. It's not safe. And then they look at the economy. They came here for jobs. They came here for the American dream. They came here for the free market, and the Democrats have wrecked it. So, this isn't the Republicans wrecking it. Donald Trump, the economy until COVID was really good under Donald Trump. COVID wrecked it. The Democrats promised they could get us through COVID better than Donald Trump. They have not. Joe Biden is back to warning about COVID and telling people to get vaccines, even though we now know the boosters are doing no good for anybody. They don't have a message. And they've lost Hispanic voters to a message of economic freedom. And on top of the economic freedom, cultural conservatism, where your daughter does not have to compete against someone's son for a female sports scholarship. Joe Biden is inviting trans activists to the White House to talk about trans issues as a closeout issue for 2022. And most voters are opposed to it. They're not bigots, they understand the science. Boys cannot become girls. But there's more to it too. And this is the larger issue that transcends Hispanic voters. Politics is not that hard. I can tell you how to run a race. It comes down to candidates, candidates matter, but I can tell you how to run a race. I've talked about it on this program before. How do you build a campaign? How do you make a message? How do you settle on a message? How do you compare yourself to the other side? How do you fundraise? How do you get on, knock on the doors? How do you know whose doors to knock on? How do you mobilize your voters? How do you do TV? How do you do radio? How do you do your mail pieces? I, I can tell you how to do all that stuff. I've done all that stuff. How do you conduct a poll? Which pollster should you use? Where should you go? What should you say? I can tell you all of that stuff. The bottom line is that you talk about the issues the voters are concerned about. And this is where the Democratic Party is broken down this year. The Democrats have chosen not to talk about the issues that voters care about. The Democrats have chosen to talk about the issues Democrats care about. Democrats are absolutely enthralled talking about January 6th and abortion. Voters are very upset about gas prices and the economy. They're worried about inflation. And what the Democrats have chosen to do is belittle and drag voters who are concerned about economic issues and say, I guess you don't care about our democracy, you horrible person. And you know what the voters are going to do? The voters are going to vote Republican because the Democrats violated the first rule of politics 101. Talk at the level of the voter to the voter about the voters' issues. If you just did that, you've got a better than even shot of winning. If you're in a swing district, if you are in a swing district and you got a 50 50 shot of a Republican or a Democrat getting elected, the one who talks to the voters the best about the voters' issues at the voters' level is going to win. And the Democrats have spent this entire year bellyaching about January 6th and the state of our democracy while funding to the tune of $46 million election deniers to ensure they got the Republican Party. I'm sorry. But if you're running for office on the idea that we must ensure no person who denied the 2020 election is ever elected to office, why the hell did you spend $46 million ensuring those people got the Republican nomination? Maybe you don't believe what you say. And if you don't believe what you say on that, how can voters believe what you say on anything? Maybe it's that voters, including Hispanic voters, have decided you're not serious people prepared for the serious challenges of very serious times. Instead of lecturing the voters that they should care more about their democracy than their gas bill, you didn't have to push everyone to renewables and battery-powered cars. You could have expanded federal lands for drilling. You could have expanded federal incentives to build new refineries. You could have expanded federal pipelines, and you could have expanded the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to drilling for oil. Instead, you chose to do the exact opposite and drive up gas prices. And now you, the Democrats, are blaming the voters, criticizing the voters, and saying the voters are too stupid to understand what's at stake. The voters know damn well what's at stake. Their pocketbook, their wallet, their ability to make ends meet, their ability to take care of their families. They don't need Uncle Sam's man boob to take care of their family. They just need to be able to afford their groceries, and you're not making it possible for them to do that. They don't want your subsidies. They understand Washington is out of money. They just want their own money, and what you aren't taking through taxes, you're depriving them through inflation. All you had to do was not wreck the economy, and you screwed it up, and instead of owning it and saying you're sorry, we'll fix it. You said, screw you, voters, January 6th. Voters don't care about January 6th. Only the media and the Democrats inside a common bubble do. Voters care about crime in their streets. Voters care about the father who was randomly beaten while out walking with his four-month-old child by someone they haven't found. Voters care about the family whose home was broken into while they were asleep and robbed and ransacked and beaten. Voters care about the wanton gun violence in Philadelphia, not because guns are rampant, but because the criminals are emboldened. Voters are scared and, and concerned about Democratic politicians and prosecutors letting people out of jail all the time who shouldn't be let out of jail. Voters are concerned about the economy, they're concerned about their groceries, they're concerned about gas, they're concerned about all of their prices, the energy prices, the power bills, the utility bills, they're concerned about all of that. And what are you offering them Democrats? Abortion and January 6th. And when the voters don't connect with your message, you're blaming them. And that transcends every class of voter, black, white, rich, poor, Hispanic. And that's why you're losing. You can't spend a year screaming about January 6th and then fund to the tune of $46 million a bunch of election deniers to get the Republican nomination and expect voters to think you're serious. You can't scream about January 6th when voters are hungry and worried about making ends meet and then blaming the voters for not caring as much about what you care about. Politics 101 is very simple, and Democrats have gotten so stupid they can't even figure it out. Meet the voter at their level and talk about the issues the voters care about. And if you do that, you got a 50-50 shot at a swing district of winning. And what are the Democrats doing? Screaming at the voters that they're too stupid to understand democracy is at stake. And you know what the voters are going to do? Democratically vote. It's not going to look like democracy is broken when they can show up at the polls and vote. It doesn't look like voter suppression when you're meeting record numbers of black voters in Georgia. So much for Jim Crow 2.0 and you can't accept that evidence. Instead, you hide behind an unfalsifiable, well, suppression still happening. Show me the suppression. You can't do it. So the voters have concluded you're not really serious. And right now in serious times, they want serious people. And you, Democrats, should realize it's a damning indictment on you that the voters think the election denier is more a serious person than you are. And some of these voters are taking their business to Patriot Mobile to ensure that the Republicans and conservatives have even more money to spend to beat the unserious Democrats. You can take your business there to compound the profits of Patriot Mobile and make sure the conservative movement grows. What you do is go to PatriotMobile.com Eric. Patriotmobile.com/eric. You get free activation with my name. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same towers everybody else uses. You can go on their website, Patriotmobile.com/eric, and you can see a detailed map down to your house to see how good and how strong the signal and coverage is. Five G data, voice—they give it to you all. You can also call them nine seven two Patriot. They're 100% U.S.-based customer service, so you're talking to someone here when you call 972-PATRIOT, tell them I sent you, get free activation, take your business to a Christian conservative cell phone provider that is not woke and does not fund the wokes but funds conservatives and conservative causes around the country, 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Eric. This is how the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you want your business to grow, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Big deals for big businesses, but they can help. FirstLibertyGA.com. Let's go to the phones. Bob, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
1: Hey, welcome, Eric, from the uh, biggest city in South Georgia.
0: Fantastic.
1: <laughs> Listen, uh, this number that came out with the uh, uh the GDP that suddenly jumped from negative up to 2.6. I had a statistics professor in engineering school that's, uh, that told uh, everybody once, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. And if everybody in the country is is tapped out because of inflation and nobody's got enough money to buy food, and since the economy is based on a huge percentage of which on consumer spending, you tell me how it jumped almost 4% from what it was in the previous quarter.
0: Oh, I can tell I you how. I, I can I can actually tell you how and probably get you to agree with me. Go ahead. Inflation. Everything well, costs more.
1: Other, I, I didn't yeah. want to take too long.
0: No, no, that's it. It's, it's all inflation. Um, the prices of everything have gone up. Uh, people are starting to reduce their purchases, but with the purchases they're still making, everything costs more. So it's provided more money into the economy. And also we have a trade deficit because other countries are not, or we've improved our trade deficit. Um, So we've seen a decline there, that's what it is. It's actually not good news that the economy has gone up and this isn't partisan spin on my part. Follow along with me here, people. Look at the numbers for GDP. Yes, the US economy grew at an annualized rate of 2.6%, but consumer spending growth began to slow down. Americans cut their spending on goods. They boosted their spending on services at a slower price and businesses reduced their investments. And overseas, we sold less. So internally, we bought more here and sold less abroad. That's a terrible sign for the economy, but it's why the economy grew. Maybe they did rig the numbers, but it's actually bad news that the economy grew the way it grew.